empathetic, be relevant, and be authentic. These are some of the lessons learned and how B2B brands can demonstrate more human aspects of marketing today and beyond. Today, Monday, May the 4th, 2020, we bring you marketing legend, Steve Lucas, CEO of iSIMS and former CEO of Marketo. Joining Steve, we have his Chief Marketing Officer over at iSIMS, Susan Vitali. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this original podcast series brought to you by Octopost. I'm Colin Day, Managing Director of EMEA at Octopost. Joining the discussion today, it's my great pleasure to introduce you to Steve Lucas and Susan Vital from the recruitment technology provider, iSIMS. Guys, welcome to the conversation. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, thank you for having us. No problem. Just to give the audience a little bit of um, background about who's who um, joining us today, um, I've just pulled a few words together. So uh, please feel free to correct me if any of this is wrong. But Steve, some of the audience and some of the people listening to this, you probably don't need too much um, introduction to, given that um, you're the former CEO of Marketo, or now Marketo, an Adobe company. Um, Steve, you've got a track record going back 25 years, so I read, but you don't look old enough because you've got more hair than me. So uh, <laughs> maybe maybe we can get into uh, into how you managed to keep that. But uh, hopefully my wife's not listening because um, I always tell her that um, it was a year after my marriage that I started to lose mine. And that was <laughs> 25 years ago, funny enough, Steve. Um, but Steve, you've got a uh, proven track record of driving global expansion and innovation across a number of, of large technology companies, the likes of Adobe, Marketo that we've already mentioned, SAP, Salesforce.com, business objects. We first met when I was your customer, actually, when you were uh, during those times at, uh, at Marketo and I was at uh, SunGarden FIS. Um, so as I say, for some, you don't need any uh, introduction, but um, you've got a huge following on, on social. So uh, with this program and this podcast series titled Globalization of Social Media, who better to, to have on, on the show than yourself, sir? So thank you for joining us. Absolutely. I think it's going to be uh, fun to talk a little bit about uh, globalization and social media and I think uh, you know now the the, the time this uh, I guess era or moment in our lives is probably more apropos to talk about this than ever before. Excellent, and you're joined by uh, by one of your colleagues, your uh, chief marketing officer over at um, iSIMS, um, Suzanne Vittel. So, Suzanne, just a little bit about you, if I may. So like, um, you know, from what I understand, you're responsible, obviously, in your role um, for iSIMS brand, but you've also been there. A considerable amount of time. It's like um, 2005, I think you you joined the company. So, uh, yeah. um, did you join right out for high school? Uh, just a little bit after that, just out of college. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll be 15 year anniversary this summer. And what does Steve give you as a 15 year um, you know anniversary gift? I think we're getting virtual hugs this year. Perfect, perfect, excellent. It's like um, I've worked before where we get little pins or little brooches or you know, maybe a nice watch. So um, you know, tag him up for something special. But um, um, <laughs> I am, now that I am, he's out there, he's going to have to. There you go. Look, he's making a note <laughs> about that one right now. But um, um, Susan, I know that um, you know you speak uh, or you 
historically, I guess uh, not at the moment, but um, you know, in times gone by, you've you've done a lot of um, public speaking around best practices in HR and HR technology trends. I guess you know, given some of the interesting times that uh, that we're living in at the moment. You're in great demand. So uh, thank you so, so much for, for giving up your time to join us in the audience today. Yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure. There are some, some really cool parallels that we've seen for years around uh, how sales and marketing go to, go to do their job successfully and what that means for HR and recruiting. So I kind of geek out to, to those overlaps and it's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. And being the CMOs, like, um, you, know, you are the target audience for for my sales colleagues at um, Octopost. So I'm sure they're going to be listening to this one like, um, you know, diligently to, to work out as a CMO operating in, in the world today, um, you know, what you and, and your teams uh, are looking for in um, you know, the, the strategies that um, you're, you're taking to market and how they're changing in, in current times. And I guess we'll get into that. So, First question for you guys is, um, you know, really we'll be judged um, on how we behave now as brands, as C-level executives and as individuals. So what are you guys doing differently or what are some of the things that you're doing differently now to say a month or, or two months back? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Susan will have a, a lot to say about that. I think, you know, for her, it's the convergence of, uh, you know, a business in, in a global pandemic and a new CEO. Uh, probably two interesting things happening at the same time. Um, but, um, you know, the biggest thing for me has been uh, demonstrating and showing empathy as much as we can to our customers. And, uh, uh, not just our customers, but our the, the, the community at large. What fascinates me is the extraordinary amount of tone deaf outreach, messaging, marketing that I see from other companies coming inbound to me, um, where it's as if nothing's happening. There's no global pandemic. There's nothing to worry about. You should be buying our technology. And uh, that, to me, is, um, is, is quite fascinating. You, you, you said, just sit there and go, how can somebody be that disconnected with what's going on? So for us, thematically, it's showing empathy. It's bringing help uh, wherever we can. And, and I will say, uh, making sure that we are oriented around giving our customers whatever they need right now uh, more than ever uh, I'd say that's probably the, the predominant uh, theme in almost every conversation we have. Um, yeah, I would certainly agree. I think while marketers are always uh, supposed to be on the hook for adding value, sometimes there's a little bit more of an aggressive push than, than other times. This is not the time for the aggressive push. This is truly adding value through content, through a community of customers, partners. Um, we're fortunate that we have a, an amazing community of customers and partners that we're able to connect other people with and show some of the best practices that they're doing uh, in hiring and recruiting and, and managing their employees during this really sensitive time. Um, so we're, we're processing literally about 75 million job applications a year. So we're sitting on amazing data that we can bring to market and share some really interesting information on, bring eBooks and kits and things like that. Uh, it's around truly adding um, content and material that can help people and, and less about, hey, do you want to see a demo of software? Uh, there needs to be a, a very big separation in the hard sell right now. 
So how, how do you ensure that you remain relevant, right? Because relevance is, is the key thing, right? And how do you ensure that um, you know, though that network doesn't perceive you as, as spamming them? Because it's quite easy it's like, um, you know, to, to carry on. It's like, um, you know, let's, let's push, let's push, let's push. What's, what, what are some of the, the things that you're doing um, with your team, Susan, to, to um, ensure that doesn't happen? Yeah, we took a hard look at the products that we have available in market and said, what are ways that we can truly help customers with these products? Not every product is a perfect fit right now. We can be honest with ourselves in the market and saying that we're going to pull back on these. There are, for example, some products that are phenomenally helpful and we should be, um, we should be screaming them from the rooftops, candidly. So as an example, some of the tools that we have for employers to do more with less in a time when things are challenging and their teams may be smaller, we have AI tools, chatbots, self-scheduling, things like that that we need to be able to serve up to our customers. We also have some amazing tools uh, that essentially replace live events. So we have these tools already. Uh, they're called virtual career fairs. They're even that much more relevant, obviously, now with travel restrictions. Previously, employers used these tools because they couldn't necessarily get to every university or what have you, and they can literally spin up a branded event through mobile devices uh, and have kind of like booths for that. Um, talk about relevant now. These are things we're bringing to market and letting people know we can truly help with those types of solutions. In addition thing, into things like text-based recruiting for surge hiring in areas like supermarkets and delivery drivers. Excellent, excellent, Steve. Question for you: um, You know, you've you've worked for a number of global organisations that uh, we mentioned at the, the 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 intro there. What lessons from working in that global economy have you learned that maybe um, you could bring to light today to help in in the uncertain times that we live in? Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly, um, you know, I think we're all uh, trying to draw upon prior experience that. Uh, you know, wherever we've worked, whatever that may be. And I've reflected back on uh, running a large sales organization back, um, you know, post uh, right at September 11th, uh, when that happened, um, running a large business at SAP, uh, post the housing crisis in 2008. And, uh, and you kind of, it's difficult to say that, well, what we're in right now is, you know, has a, a perfect parallel to one of those things. It doesn't, it's kind of an amalgam of a a number of things you could take some, you know, uh, response to SARS or H1N1 combined with some of the both rational response and even irrational response of say, uh, you know, September 11th or a, a housing crisis and kind of put it all together and you still don't get quite the emotional angst that this has driven. Um, for me, I think there are there are two or three things that I've learned over and over and over again. Unequivocally, one is um, consistent, um, but but sober leadership. Um, I tend to be accused, you know, from time to time of being kind of a tigger. I like to jump around and get people excited, and um, and that's a good thing. And you want to focus on that. But there's so many people right now that are going through uh, just extraordinary things. So whether that's uh, you're working from home and you have child care or elder care or there's nobody there, whatever that may be, those are all mental challenges and hurdles that we need to get through. Uh, we're working really hard, all of us, to find new ways to relate to each other through screens and devices versus the, the, the kind of physical aspects of, of how we normally relate. And thank goodness we have these things now because, uh, dare I say, if this happened a decade ago, 
I don't know if, if the, even though the economy's taken a, a big punch to the gut, I just don't think that we would have weathered it quite as well as, as we have globally. And that certainly is not dismissive of the challenges that, that uh, we're facing right now. But I think leadership number one and bringing a, a level of sobriety to that is very important. Um, and you, you talk about relevance. I think it's, I think more than anything, it's, it, it does come back to that point I made about empathy. If you're not demonstrating the, the human aspect of your company, we're all going through this together. I think you're just failing the IQ test. And lastly, I would say, um, and this is not meant to make light of this crisis, but it, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've said a few times that don't, don't waste this moment or this opportunity. And uh, what I mean by that is we do have an opportunity to rethink how, how do we do business? And I think everyone should be thinking that way. How do we do business going forward? Because the truth is the world will never be the same. I contend and believe that the amount of change that will come post this directly correlates to the amount of disruption in this moment or, or situation that we're in and it's profound. So there's some great insights there. Just to pick up on a couple of those, right? It's like, um, Susan, the, you know, the, the topic of, of this podcast series is all around um, you know, globalization, right? And Steve talked eloquently about um, you know, some of the, uh, um, you know, the, the views um, and, and lessons that he's learned over, over his career, right? And really, there is no playbook for, for what we're in at the moment. But um, what are some of the different strategies that you guys are using or that you're seeing with inside that community that you spoke about um, of um, from a B2B seller and marketer perspective? Um, you know, how, how are you changing the way that your sales teams and your marketing teams are, are working and going to market in order to, to keep that, that relevant? I think some of this is product positioning, but more of it is just ensuring that people recognize an appropriate way to communicate with one another, given what's going on. Um, bless the sellers who are always on uh, and always selling, businesses need them. Um, but we also need to, to have some level of uh, dose of reality um, for everybody involved at times. And um, if we think about sales funnels and what type of content usually makes sense at the top of the funnel versus the bottom of the funnel, frankly, I think a lot of that is going out the window temporarily. And it's really just about how are we adding value and supporting customers, prospects, employees, candidates alike right now um it's it's less in that traditional stage of you know this is where we go in for the kill and you know it's just how do we help how do we connect customers with other customers we're hoping to share in the coming weeks some phenomenal stories of how customers are actually working together if they have furloughed employees for example and how they can um, place them with other customers at isims who are going through some surge hiring to me those are phenomenal opportunities for us to talk to customers about and for us to market less than a um, pat ourselves on the back and truly just amazing storytelling um, because we can kind of take the pressure off the sale and just talk about these amazing, amazing things happening. Um, so that's a, a big shift for us. You're almost uh, becoming a late exchange there, right? Can I just add one thing to yeah, that sure. real quick? Never in my career did I ever think that I would be asking, you know, Susan, my, as well as my CRO questions like, what if we don't grow 
at all for the next nine months? What if we didn't? You know, those kinds of contingency planning type questions that in a good economy, they just don't cross your mind that often, right? This just, this whole thing just kind of came out of left field and just hit us like a freight train. And so, you know, we've had to take a step back and not only contemplate what Susan's uh, alluded to, we've actually had to change our sales uh, approach. So we've stepped back and we said, look, how are we going to take people that we had? We had half of our sales organization focused on acquiring new prospects, new logo selling. And then you kind of press the pause button and say, well, mm, that's not going to happen for possibly six months, nine months. We, we don't know. No one has a crystal ball. Find nine analysts, I'll give you nine different scenarios of how this is going to unpack. So for us, it was the one immutable truth that we all kept coming back to was we need to focus on our customers. We need to circle the wagons. We need to focus on them. So in terms of or in the spirit of being nimble, it was let's take resources that we would normally apply to new logo acquisition that's going to be soft and let's put those on making sure our customers are happy, they're healthy, they're deployed well, they're doing the right things with our technology. And I would encourage anybody listening to that to this to really think long and hard about how, how much new growth or net new growth or new logos are you going to acquire you know, for the foreseeable future, call it six, nine months, whatever it may be. It doesn't mean it won't come back, of course it will. But I can unequivocally state that a big part of our growth strategy going forward is focused on the customer. Gotcha. So, so Steve, just just picking up on on some of that, right? It's like, um, and and what um, Susan was saying earlier on about like, um, you know, changing some of the communication strategy, for example. Um, yeah, the one thing that we've all got in our pockets uh, are our mobile phones, right? It's like, um, you know, we're all big fans of Zoom or other. Um, you know, web technologies that uh, that that keep us connected. I mean, as my family, we on the weekend we've started doing a uh, a weekend pub quiz just to make sure that all of the kids are brought together. And uh, obviously, the younger ones are not drinking alcohol. But um, um, you know, we, we're just having a pub quiz to 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 keep that communication going. But from a client perspective, it's like um, you know, we're we're all connected via these things. Susan, as, as some of the, the channel that you use to, to communicate with those clients, has that had to change? Because you know, we've gone through a radical digitalization of our businesses, right? It's like um, you know, when I've done transformation projects for sales and marketing teams in the past, these things have been two, three-year exercises. We've had to do them in two, three weeks or, in some instances, two, three days, right? Have you found that um, your teams are, are starting to use different channels to communicate um, amongst themselves as well as um, out to the end client? Yes. So, and actually, our clients are too. So, one of the one of the products we offer is called Text HR, where our clients can use text uh, to communicate with all of their employees. Uh, it's extremely important right now. We've seen a ton of demand virtually overnight for that, um, and we use text quite a bit within our own organization too. Um, I think as with other organizations, we're going to see a, a tick up in email and nurturing clients through email versus paid sources because to Steve's point, we're not necessarily going to see a ton of demand through, um, through paid search and things like that. Um, we're also seeing obviously a lot of events go virtual. The challenge we'll have to work through is that we are obviously not unique in moving in those directions. So how do you ensure you're not uh, saturating those markets? We can't send seven emails a day. We can't have 
55 virtual events a week um, because there just becomes a point of diminishing return. We're still figuring out what that right level is as everybody is moving towards this new model too. So it's going to take us a little bit of testing to get there. And what role does social media play play in your strategy? Um, probably not enough. Uh, if Steve were to answer, <laughs> we we have a long way to go there. Um, that's just because he's got a big following. That's all. That's all. So like, um, yeah, remember that Tigger comment, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we look at social as, uh, as a couple of uh, prongs here. One is just obviously to build community and, and to communicate with customers, prospects, et cetera. Um, we do a, a bit of social selling. We need to be doing more on social selling and it needs to be um, more consistent, more regular, more repeatable. I think sometimes our business is one where we're good at fighting fires. We all go do that and then we move on to the next thing and we don't bring it forward and say, no, no, we meant to do that every day, every week, every month, every year. Uh, so it needs to be a bit more of a, in our DNA. I think the, the blessing and the curse of social will always be, uh, you can find out what anyone is thinking anywhere in the world instantly. That's the blessing and the curse of social media, right? And for us, it's, it's one of those things that um, some companies you know, like an iSIMS, for example, we, we have a lot of greenfield around social, and that's an exciting thing for me. It's it's one of the many, the long list of reasons I joined. But I mean, we're not going back. No one's going to go, you know what, this social thing, it's really played out. We're going to stop doing it. I think the challenge with social will always be what is the right channel for engagement? For me personally, I have found I can tweet all day and it kind of gets lost in the wash of a million other tweets on the right hand. I can make one post on LinkedIn and get half a million views. And the engagement level, I think that's the notional aspect of all of this is just where where is that perfect level of client engagement? For some industries, it, believe, I mean, believe it or not, I get some CEOs telling me like, hey, TikTok, for whatever inexplicable reason, is the best channel to go on. It's short form video content, something fun and lighthearted. Um, I'm not sure anyone wants to see me doing, you know, flossing or, or doing the Macarena or whatever. If I, I know a couple of people from your past yeah, that would I, love to yeah. see that, mate. I'm sure Susan doesn't want that. But, but uh, you know, the, the point is, like, we, we uh, for us, it's really going to be dialing in what is that right channel for that right audience. Yep. No, no, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, I've got uh, one, one last question for you both, um, and you may want to split it. You may want one of you to, to answer it. But if you've got free tips, right, what are the top three tips for, for the people listening with regards to, you know, what's happening around us today and how they should be thinking about their sales and marketing strategies going forward? If it was the top three things, um, let's have them from both of you. Susan, Ladies first. After you. Uh, make it relevant, make it authentic, make it empathetic. Perfect. Wow. Steve? Uh, I mean, those were the exact three I was going to pick. Now I'm, now I'm scrambling. Um, I would unequivocally say that, uh, that um, start with empathy. Um, you know, that unequivocally is, is uh, the, the first thing. I think the second thing will ultimately be um, when you think about uh, this notion of relevancy, there's only, there's only one question to ask yourself. And this is how, how would this land on me 
um, and if you've got a spouse, a significant or you know other, now's actually a really good time to leverage that you know extra input that you have. So go ask your spouse. How, what do you think? Uh, because right now, especially working from home, it's uh, those are good conversation drivers anyway. I've I've uh, brought my family in on more work topics than I care to mention. So I agree with the relevancy. Um, I will say this though. It's not the time, this is my third point, it's not the time to um, uh, you know, panic or overreact, but understeering could be very costly. Do not understeer. So finding that perfect balance of you know, the reaction, overreaction, like what's right down the middle. If you believe that the model that worked for you on January the 1st is going to work for you today, you are profoundly mistaken. Um, this world has changed and changed forever. So instead of disruption showing up on your doorstep two months from now, proactively disrupt. Excellent. Steve Tigger-Lucas, I'm going to have to call you that from, from okay. now on. But uh, hey, you've just painted a picture. I love Winnie the Pooh, by the way. So the, the Tigger's like, um, analogy was fantastic. Um, and, and Susan, I don't know you well enough, so I'm not actually going to give you a, a nickname or a middle okay. name. But uh, thank you guys for, for joining the, the discussion today. I'm Colin Day, Managing Director at Octopost, and thank you to my guests. Thank you. Thank you so much.